This is the Art of Darkness podcast with Kevin Kautzman and Brad Kelly. We're a couple of very online writers interested in the dark side of what drives creative people to create against all odds. This show is about art and the people who make it, what it costs them, and what it takes to bring something unique and impactful into the world. Each episode, we excavate the life and work of an artist you might think you know. Don't worry, they're all safely dead. On every episode, we try and find out just what the hell was wrong with them and how they worked through their darkness to create something that lives on after them and continues to move culture. Find us online at artofdarkpod.com and on Twitter at Kevin Kautzman and at Brad Kelly. All right, we are back for a very special episode of Art of Darkness, the podcast about the dark side of creativity. I am Kevin Couchman, joined by my partner in crime, Brad Kelly. Brad, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing yeah. great. Excited yes. to talk uh, excited to talk about everything. I'm excited to talk about us. Let's talk about <laughs> ourselves. Uh, and, and, and to help us in this narcissistic mission is um, our good friend, friend of the show, uh, Michael Backinson. Michael, how are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, and a little context introduce Michael. Uh, he is an actor. He is a uh, songwriter. And uh, he, he will also, this is a personal plug, since this is the, the Narcissism Festival episode, um, which I will explain. We're, no, we're the narcissistic ones. He's not we narcissistic. We need to be narcissistic. <laughs> he's doing, he's, One thing yeah. people, not Michael. Michael's <laughs> yeah. not, no, not at all. He's going to help us. Talk he's to my wife. Mid, the, right. <laughs> he's midwifing our, our yeah. uh, disorder yeah. today. Um, but uh, he's also going to be acting in a Zoom reading of my new play, Moderation, uh, that's going to happen through a theater company in LA called The Blank Theater that's gonna come out early in December and uh, really excited to have him involved. You can, you can learn more about that at moderationplay.com. Michael, welcome to Art of Darkness. The whole idea of this episode is that we are gonna go over our first year, 2021, the foul year of our Lord, 2021, <laughs> and what, what we have wrought on this show. But before we do, why don't in a we... year bereft of content with nothing available to watch or listen to. We looked around the landscape and decided the world needed another podcast by a couple of guys. Right. A couple of middle-aged writers. Yeah. That's what the world needed. No. So, but Michael, before we get into it, um, how yeah. are you? You're in New York City. You you just released an album. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Yeah. Uh I live in New York, so that's how I know you, Kevin. Um, we bumped into each other initially at the Kismat Indian restaurant in Uptown. Um, yeah. I have lived in the same apartment in Washington Heights for the last 15 years, um, so I'm still here. Um, got a daughter and a wife, and uh, yeah, creatively speaking, I did. I just released an album called Circle Kiss. It's my third album of original songs, 10 original songs that it turns out it's country. I, I didn't know that, but I went okay. to a very good <laughs> songwriter friend of mine. I said, How, what genre should I put this in? He goes, dude, you're country. And I was like, well, that's funny. I barely listen to country, but, <laughs> but apparently hey, I wrote a country album, uh, awesome. which, yeah, I love the, the, the Johnny Cash episode that you guys did. So we may hit on that. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, a, I'm acting. I just shot a film um, uh, called Zoo. Who knows when that will be out? Uh, and... Uh, 
And I'm a professor, uh, professor of acting as well in, in theater. So I'm doing the teaching. A Renaissance man, truly. <laughs> What yeah. is the what's the short film about? Can you can you tell us? Oh, it's a it's a full length a, a film. Feature. What's the, what's the yeah, film about? It's a feature. Yeah. Yeah. Really, uh, it's about a. I'm not the lead, although it would have been a good role. It's about an actor who uh, is basically not doing anything with the acting and has gotten into real estate, and his wife has divorced him, and he's doing his best to show his daughter a good day, and they are trying to get to the zoo to see the snow leopard. I play the park ranger at the zoo who denies <laughs> them entry because there's been a riot <laughs> over okay. Okay. over uh you know i think some environmentalists have protested uh, the the caging of animals okay. so, oh, cool that sounds fun All you right. get to see yeah that sounds fun cool we'll look out we'll look out for well, that and, and yeah. uh, hit, hit us with, with a link what's the easiest way for people to find you online before we get into what we're really going yeah, so to do I, I just keep it simple it's my name michael backinson uh, on twitter um i i follow i'm more of what do they call it when somebody just sort of you lurk people you're I, a lurker I, i'm more of a lurker um, yeah uh, but i do post weekly almost on instagram same thing michael backinson i think i put underscore back in town because i like that yeah. All right. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, the, the the idea with this episode is we're going to lurk. You've been lurking on our on on our catalog. <laughs> You've been creeping. Uh, you you want to slide into our DMs? You know, <laughs> literally sliding into an episode of the show. I mean, how meta for you? How must this must feel so strange? It's weird. You know, you had me do one of the uh, After Dark ones on Oscar right, Wilde. Oscar and I, Wilde. Hadn't, I hadn't listened. Uh, you know, I hadn't listened to any of it. And this time, I thought, well, maybe I'll do my homework. And I, yeah. I, I find you guys really entertaining. Man. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, man. So we I, I for long walks and whenever I'm heading somewhere, the ear, the AirPods go in, and uh, I, I listen to a new episode. I'm glad you're sticking to your medication, Michael. <laughs> no, that's awesome. We, we want yeah. this show. We're not making this show for ourselves. We really want it to be something that people get into. So that means a lot to us. And that goes Absolutely. for everybody. Uh, we want to hear from you on Twitter. It's always at Art of Dark Pod. We have the Patreon episodes. We're trying to grow that. Uh, you get every episode we do uh, without fail. Uh, we do an extra bonus after dark. We'll do, we'll do a bonus after dark. For this one too, it'll be you know twenty minutes extra. Um, we're trying to develop that too. You know, if you like what we're doing, uh, we're not well. How to say how to say this? We're the next episode we're doing quite literally tonight. This is going to be a marathon yeah. art of darkness. Amazing. Is going to be <laughs> Disney, Walt Disney. Wow. We don't have the backing of the Disney Corporation. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a. I, I have a lawyer's phone number. I haven't <laughs> talked to him yet, but in yeah. case you know, case. right. Right. Yeah. I'm be actually thinking about that. I can give you some firsthand working for Disney uh, stories because I oh, did used right? to work for Disney. Oh. Okay. I used to work for mm -hmm. the uh, Miramax and, wow. uh, right. you know, when the, when the Weinsteins opened and then Disney took over and it all went to... Uh... <laughs> okay. I right? wonder, I wonder if this is what we talk about on the after dark episode oh, of this. there we so go we've teased sure. it and we're gonna get some some <laughs> dirt on uh, miramax the weinstein stuff and some disney stuff <laughs> out of our our man michael backinson yeah. this the episode is going to focus on uh disney's life himself and i'm going to be really pretty strict about not talking about the legacy of the monster sure. that he created because yeah. we only have i assume three hours yeah <laughs> and, max. yeah so and those tentacles run deep so yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've gone on a lot, so why don't, I mean, I guess, Brad, the idea of the structure for, for this episode is to 
reflect back on the yeah. first year of doing this show. Do you even do how many episodes have we done? Like formal episodes of yeah, the biographies. I could probably tell you pretty quick. So yeah, um, and maybe this is a good rundown for anybody who checks this out as like a first. A first yeah. thing. Yeah, it might be a um, nice little primer. Yeah, artofdarkpod.com. Yeah. It's, you know, iTunes, all the usual places. Yeah. Right. And so, Michael, we, I know, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So well, you we, you uh, count. Go ahead, Brad. You count. We'll go back. Go, we'll go from the first one. The first episode was on William William S. Burroughs. Yeah, Burroughs. Liberalism with the gun. Yes, that's right. That's right. And and that's that one might need a follow up at some point because we were just, just figuring out what we were doing. Uh, but it's, it, I think it's good still. Um, I, I do like the idea that occasionally, we mm -hmm. we might backtrack if there's new information about mm -hmm. somebody. What do you mm -hmm. think about that, Michael? You like the, you know like that idea? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, something I comes to light, you know. Yeah. Yes, I think it's good, and I think one thing we're doing, and and we're we're doing that this weekend for the probably the first uh, uh, really carefully thought time is we're having. Um, we did an episode on Pamela Coleman Smith, the great. Uh, artist of the turn of the century um and we a, a woman just released a new biography on pamela coleman smith this year a scholar um from washington state she's coming on we're going to talk to her and she's going to tell us everything we were everything wrong about we got wrong. so, <laughs> yeah. so. Uh, that, that's also the show title of, of this episode yeah <laughs> everything we got wrong so william s burroughs we did the oscar uh, wilde episode yeah um, we did an episode on the, and, and uh, if I if I may we don't have ahead. to uh, yeah no it's good uh, the count I think is about what is it about 15 15 to 20 something yeah. like that yeah it's um the the Oscar Wilde episode is that the first one that I did yep that was a lot of fun because I realized what I had signed up for <laughs> at, at, you ever just say hey this is a fun idea let's do yeah. this yeah and then you're five days into researching Oscar Wilde and you do doing this show uh and and i suspect you as an actor michael mm -hmm. can relate to this doing this show you cross a point where it sort of ceases to be research and it can begin to affect you oh yeah uh, and i find that especially true when i'm researching the writers in this mm -hmm. show right. mm -hmm. um probably because of myself and my own background but of course, Oscar Wilde was such a force, and that last act of his life was so tragic. Oh. You you invite it in to your living room, to your house, mm -hmm. and you're you're in this for a week. It really starts to affect you. Uh, that was that's one amazing thing that I've discovered in working on on Art of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, so I just did. I got sixteen. There's okay. been sixteen formal episodes. That's not of, bad. With we, we began subject in, that we yeah. Boom, and we began in February. Right, right. Oh. right. Not too, not too shabby. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we got to make the interns work harder. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> they're they're getting credit for one of uh, Michael's classes. That's how it's going to work. You know, there Michael, we go. Send us, send us the the grad students. Really. That's the grift right there. <laughs> we got to keep right. the circle of abuse <laughs> continuing. <laughs> it's not free labor. You're getting credit. Right, <laughs> like, right, you know, right. I I just recently hired my one of my students uh, and paid her you know, a pretty penny to uh, to edit to edit the the music video for for yeah oh okay. a song off of my album. That's... She was good. We we she'd already um, edited a film that we had put up uh, about yeah. a play that got canceled due to COVID and 
Yeah. He stitched yeah. it together brilliantly, and I knew wow. she was going to be the one to put together the, She's the got music talent. video. That yeah. was uh, that was the, we're joking, of course. Yeah, you gotta of course, pay, we're you joking. Pay the yeah, Michael, you're but, not yeah. getting paid for coming on. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> me neither. Which, if you want to find my album, <laughs> yeah. they make it stunningly difficult to buy an album now. It's a little tricky. Yeah. I I I would send out the link, and people like I can't figure out how to buy this anymore because iTunes. It has to go to the iTunes app on your computer or on right. your phone. Right. And Amazon will try to, they will all try to sell you a subscription service. Yes. CD Baby, which I used to publish, no longer hosts the album to buy. So mm -hmm. just to buy MP3s is, you've got to go through some hoops. Yeah, yeah. Huh. No, it's true. I've noticed that the last couple of times. And especially if you, I mean, I feel like a lot of the music I've bought lately is on, you know, more obscure people on like, uh, uh, SoundCloud or Bandcamp or something like right. that, and it's, it's actually a good platform for that. Yeah, and it's actually easier than buying like the latest yeah. of a you know a more mainstream artist. I have found so right. it's interesting that way. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Um, so what were we? So we were talking about Oscar Wilde. We're talking about the number of the episodes. Yeah, yeah it's been interesting. What's the experience been like for you, Brad? Oh man, it's been. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize like I, I didn't realize how much time I would spend preparing for it. And you get a little obsessive. So mm -hmm. it gets like, you know, I will buy a couple biographies and be like, well, I can probably just leaf leaf through these and throw something together. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, okay, I'm almost finished with this seven hundred page William Faulkner biography, you know, that I have penciled and and you know, like um, so it it's been it's fairly intensive that way. But it's it's awesome i mean i feel like i'm getting uh uh i almost want to say an art history but that already has connotations of the visual medium it's more like a, a cultural history an intensive cultural history lesson as i'm going here and it's been mm. it's been really cool yeah it, it, i don't know if it's like preparing to play a part in a play but i also don't know that it's totally unlike that uh i've never quite acted the way that you have uh, Michael, where, where you, you really research a role. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's sort of interesting to think about when you were researching, because I know you did the King's Speech, for example. Did you sure. do a, a lot of, you did that in D.C. Did you do a lot of reading for that? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I, I've had the great good fortune to do a number of historical figures. Yeah. And, and that, it's such a gift to an actor because, you know, you can do a lot of kind of BS writing a character's journal about stuff, you know, the things that you're taught in acting school about to, to flesh it out and get the imagination going. But if you have an actual biography or several biographies or the writing that that person actually put out in the world, you can begin to, it just excites your brain in ways that uh, acting yeah. without, um, with, it, it's so much better. <laughs> that is absolutely my experience of doing this show. It's a different, you're not quite trying to put yourself in the person's shoes and yet you are. Yeah. I want to avoid in, on Art of Darkness the tendency, even though we diagnosed ourselves at the beginning of this yeah. episode, uh, <laughs> I want to avoid that tendency of going, well, clearly this was a sociopath or clearly yeah. this was all of this sort of Freudianism and all of this stuff. It's like, well, what do you really know? And right. we do our best, but the just getting into the Oscar Wilde episode and and De Profundis, the, the letter from the jail, just broke yeah. my heart. Yeah. Uh, and 
luckily with with wild or you know because he was such a genius there's a there's a richness where it sort of was leavened somewhat mm -hmm. not so with uh sarah kane who Ooh, we yeah. did recently who yeah I listened to that. yeah relentlessly bleak uh yeah. yeah what did what did you think of uh, of that have you ever done a, a sarah kane play uh michael would you I ever have, want you know to what? well now <laughs> <laughs> You know, it would be a challenge. It would be great. I know who I'd want to direct it. This uh, playwright, uh, Les, or director, Les Waters, that uh, I've worked with before. I think he'd be great. He's a British director that has a play up on Broadway right now called Dana Age. Um, man, I mean, that is so... In I wouldn't want to do a long run of it. Yeah, <laughs> could, could you imagine the night, night in, night maybe out? Maybe a couple for, of weeks, you know, rehearse yeah. it for four weeks, put it up for a couple of weeks. But no. And you guys talked about that with, with acting. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was kind of the acting process because mm. it came up with Brando and the difference between sort of film and, and theater mm. where you've got to be able to repeat it every night and, uh, and not want to kill yourself or right. be, you know, exhausted. And, and that's, I think that's one of the main differences between film and, and theater. Well, he and it's, it's the baby. It's, it's, he um, comes back from the matinee yeah. and he eats the baby again. He gets yeah. up in the morning yeah. and eats the baby. I, I yeah. have to, I have to imagine theatrical acting and I've done zero, exactly zero acting, but I have to imagine that theatrical acting as opposed to cinematic acting, there's gotta be a higher level of stakes right because mm -hmm. you're not getting multiple takes you're not getting to oh, like yeah. Yeah. we're oh, okay we're kind of figuring this one out so we'll do you know we'll do a scene and we'll do we'll do a take and then we'll do another take and then we'll do um whereas it's almost like every night is the super bowl a little it's, bit that's a perfect uh, yeah. analogy i don't know if whether it's super bowl but certainly right. professional sports where right. there there are stakes and yeah. uh you're in front of an audience and yeah, there's no uh, yeah, yeah. And pause. if there is a little slip up, you can't let that spiral out of control. You got to exactly. you know, cover for it and just keep saying, yeah, I mean, I imagine that's intense. It's um, hypnotic. I mean, I think you yeah, kind of yeah. go into a trance state. Um, sure. And that's the way you manage it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you talked about these different, I, I think with Brando, you talked about Stella Adler and, and then, I don't know, people, yeah. people get kind of too into their role. Uh, that's dangerous. Mm. You want to like, be able to be into it on stage in yeah. the moment, but you want to be able to walk away from it. Yeah. So you mean dangerous, like psychologically? Correct. No. Oh, wow. I had, there was a wonderful yeah. woman, uh, Kevin, the, I, I worked, I did a, a summer program at the Guthrie. I ended up working there professionally later, but uh, there was a woman named Barbara Twin Brin. Cities. Yeah. Yeah. Barbara mm -hmm. Brin was a, a company member there. And if you ever saw Amadeus, she played Amadeus's uh, mother-in-law. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Amadeus. Yeah. You know, so she, I love, I love Peter Schaefer. Equus. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Give me one play as good as either of those plays in my lifetime. <laughs> really? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please. Theater gods. Bless me. <laughs> but she, um, she, she had, had done that. And she spoke to us, uh, you know, young actors. And she said, never on stage feel that you actually are the character. Like you have to keep it at uh, you have to convincingly portray it to the audience, but don't ever feel that you are that person. Like that is, it's almost like, you know, somebody that's a, a medium or something like don't, don't go right. into the light. Right, right, right. Um, huh. But I so think, do you think, I think do we with think film that's... acting, people 
I think when filmmaking, people do do that. And, you know, you, you want to, for some people, you don't want to get out of character between takes. You want to kind of be in that state. And then you've got like, however long the shoot is. Right. If it's a weekend, you're okay. If it's a two month thing, I mean, that's, that's tough to recover right. from. Right. And then sometimes you're shooting in the places where this is happening. Right. So like, you know, you're in the jungle or you're on. Right. There, so there's this sort of an added layer where in theater you kind of walk off stage and that's no longer mm -hmm. that environment anymore. Sometimes Alec Baldwin is waving a gun at you. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, this is you said shooting. It triggered me too yeah. soon. I realized this is the Art of Darkness podcast, <laughs> yeah. guys. I mean, I'm not going to pull too many punches here. That's yeah. Right. Uh, rest That's in right. peace. Terrible, horrible tragedy. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. not you, his fault. Except uh, yeah. that he was a producer on it and he should have been paying a little bit more for that armor. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It wasn't his fault. It was his boss's fault. And unfortunately, he was his boss. So. Exactly. What a yeah. story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think Alec Baldwin's a bee's knees. I mean, you've got what what's better than uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross. Oh, yeah. I got yeah. to work with him once. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, we did a, a show at the Roundabout. Mr. Ro you know that film, Mr. Roberts, that had, I think it was... Uh, uh, not Jane, uh, Jane Fonda's father, Peter Fonda was in the, in the film version of it. Okay. But, uh, it, it's a, it's a World War II drama set on a, uh, some kind of Navy ship near Japan. And, uh, at the end there's like a tragic kamikaze attack, but it's kind of like a slightly comedic, slightly dramatic play about World War II. <laughs> anyway, we did a, a reading of it and, and he was, he was there. Uh, you know, he hmm. played the, the funny, uh the captain of the ship and he was nice. charming he was yeah. super hilarious he was supportive he was just he was all he was exactly what you want as sort of like a hollywood yeah a guy comes into guy. the room yeah like that yeah that could yeah. be but just he was great you know and he yeah. loved theater and it, he, he was i believe it was a weekend where he was going he he actually won an emmy uh, but but decided that he'd rather do this reading at the roundabout than be in LA wow. for the Emmys. Oh, that's wow. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And obviously, I hope everyone's okay. That was a terrible thing. I mean, oh, yeah. He, I can't imagine what he's going through. Yeah. Right now. No. This yeah. is so messed up. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. Fascinating. This idea that maybe you don't go too far into the into the role, but I you can do it too in film acting, right? You can right. become this yeah. crazy method guy who yeah. won't leave uh, character even on on yeah. set. Yeah. Right. Right. You don't yeah, drop to, the character until they, they release the DVD commentary. I, I think right. you talk to students about this, that, that, that ideally, right. <laughs> Survive. Right. <laughs> well, who was that that said that? That was, that was uh, uh, what's oh, you said that. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder. That is, uh, it's a, one of the last great funny movies. Oh my uh, God, goodness. Uh, but there's gotta be a temptation as an actor. Hmm. It, it it makes me think <clears throat> it's interesting you brought up like the psychic medium thing it's like it, it makes me think like it, there could be a temptation like well if i just go all the way then i'll yeah. finally get the performance of that would lead to the success and that will you know what i mean like mm -hmm. um and then getting sort of sucked into that yeah i i almost went that uh far Kind of. I mean, not, but, but I did Long Day's Journey Tonight um, uh -huh. on a Louisville with this guy, Les Waters. And I went to O'Neill's house in New London, uh, that, mm. that summer home where it takes place. And then I was staying in this um, building that was built basically on the same year in Louisville. Uh, I think it was like a 13 or 14 story skyscraper that had 
not skyscraper, but uh, an apartment building. And it was near this old Victorian neighborhood that was purported to be very uh, haunted. And I began, I, I really began to feel like I was in a haunted house Oof. down there by myself playing, you know, a dead character that was Eugene O'Neill's brother. I'd been to that house. It, it's, the play is all about ghosts. Right. Uh, not literally, but it, you know, figuratively and, and deeply spiritually it was. And I, I would have things disappear. I would have the hair on the back of my neck stand up all the time. I was, wow. I, I was, I was really spooked by the time I yeah. left. Wow. The, the theater is uh, really adjacent. I went on Force of, Force of Symbols podcast. If you go to uh, to our website, artofdarkpod.com, we put our, when we're invited on for whatever reason, whatever crazy reason people want to have us on. Brad was on this one. Anyway, I was talking about this, about how theater is almost sort of indistinguishable from like ceremonial magic at a certain point, you you have these strange things start to happen uh, very famously and not uh, in a kind of a, what's the word, goofy way, like it's real. And if you're in it, it's real. And it's sort of hard to deny. Uh, you don't want to overplay that hand in terms of the theater because it's a profession. It's work. Right. Uh, people are behind it. Um, you know, I wonder how many people does Broadway employ? I mean, it's a real job. It's a real thing. But there is this kind of weird, oogie, spooky energy that comes i mean you are playing the words of dead people right. <laughs> that's one thing that alone is sort of yeah. uh, like yeah, egyptian bit of <laughs> sort yeah, of just right. ancient and strange and right yeah right yeah i think that's fascinating how did that run go uh down there in louisville uh, it was, i mean it was it was magical it was it was it was great uh, yeah. it was, and it ended with uh hurricane sandy superstorm sandy came through and mm. canceled all flights back to new york so i was um, stuck there for another mm. Four or five days. Do you, do you do anything to like wash a production off your yourself when you're done? Like after every episode of, of Art of Darkness, I go take a shower. I pour bleach over my head. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I definitely take a shower after, after every performance. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, I got that theater stink on me. <laughs> drink bleach, probably. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> get rid of COVID that way. Uh, but... Uh, you know, it's funny you should mention, I mean, I always say that to my students, that that, that, that is the origins of theater. But uh, you brought up the King's Speech. That was performed, um, they, they were developing it, hopefully, uh, to bring it to Broadway. Not to say that I would have brought it to Broadway, but that was the intention. And the playhouse that we were in in D.C. was a roadhouse that had been around since the 1830s or 1840s. Like, Lincoln certainly saw plays there. And it was built over a former creek. And... Apparently, there used to be a resident company there in the mid-19th century that would go down and get water out of, like, the subterranean, Whoa. now subterranean thing below the foundation. So I would go down, like, at that point, I, I had had uh, my daughter five years before, and I'd kind of stopped doing theater out of town. Like, I hadn't, I hadn't done anything except for film, TV, and, and some voiceover stuff. So this was the first time I'd been back in a while. I was freaked out to be performing suddenly for... Uh, you know, a Broadway-sized house. So I would go down under the under the stage where these people from that company used to apparently draw their water. Wow. And I would try to 
commune with the spirits. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. guys, you got to help me out here. Yeah. I have not been on the stage in five years. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's give awesome. Me what, give me what you can. That's yeah. awesome. And I get, I, I, I get that even not as an actor. I can, I can understand that. I can pitch that perfectly. Yeah. Well, I, fascinating. I, I have the, epi- the episodes open right now uh, yeah. at the website and I think we should just sort of rattle them off. Okay. I should say, we'll do it. I, you know, we updated the website. We have a new logo. We have a new font. Uh, thank you to our, our resident uh, intern there, Jolie, who, <laughs> who Brad happens to be married to. Um, <laughs> uh, and also, uh, thank you, Peniel Colada, for the wonderful show art. Every episode, oh, yeah. there's a psychedelic portrait. Best, of the, best show art in the game. No, I, I don't. She's yeah, incredible. No, yeah, no question. And they're they're diverse and they're interesting. And mm-hmm. you never quite know what she's going to come back with. I'm looking at Anna Kavan and her bazooka. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and that's the drugs. Yeah, right. Oh, so many <laughs> drugs for all of our artists, right, all right. of our troubled artists. Yeah. There's never enough. The bottom yeah. is never there. <laughs> How far can we go? Yeah. Annika yeah. Von. It, it, was she the first? Well, of course, Burroughs. We started yeah. with, a. I mean, my God. Yeah. 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 yeah we so really no, she, she wasn't off. the yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I had, mm-hmm. yeah, two, that, that, that was my second episode. So we, two heroin addicts in a row, I guess. You were really going there. So yeah. in the first three episodes of Art of Darkness, we had uh, somebody who murdered murdered his wife, mm-hmm. manslaughtered his wife. Um, <laughs> manslaughtered his wife. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> going to bald with his wife. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. My God, it had to be done. Anyway, I hope everybody's okay. Rest in peace, my God. It's terrible. Um, but the we have Burroughs. We have the heroin addiction. Yeah. Just yeah. Incredible, like awful. Yeah. Um troubled like pederasty i mean yeah we i think i think you made a brilliant choice picking him right away yeah it was a good that was a good move i mean he literally thought he was possessed by a dark spirit i mean that was like what it was like who's the darkest of all these people and that was kind of him so start there and that will yeah. figure out everybody else that was my yeah. thought awful and then and then we go to oscar wilde who also had yeah. vague kind of a little little bit of pederasty maybe a little you know uh we got rent boys we got uh you're cheating on your wife and then we end up in jail and then Mm. ignominiously dead i don't think that we've ever of all the episodes we've done Mm -hmm. uh have we found anybody whose fall was was more yeah that was that was the worst of it yeah you can't imagine i can't even imagine having the the number one play in london toast of the town at a time where there weren't really yeah that's like having the number one movie in america right now right i mean yeah. in terms of the attention and, and yeah yeah it'd be like if prince when purple rain was in the cinema uh had mm. been thrown in jail for being yeah. too funky right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not gonna yeah. work yeah so yeah. it's just terrible terrible yeah. uh yeah and then and then we get to annika vaughn did and, and michael i don't know i know you haven't listened to every single episode so um, i'm top heavy i'm more towards the ones that you did more currently right fair yeah. enough yeah. yeah 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 annika vaughn was a she she's a writer that i kind of fell in love with uh last year and uh just i didn't know anything about her when we started doing the episode i'd read a book and a half by her and i was like yeah we got to talk about her and then started digging in was like oh she was a heroin addict and like spent time in an insane i was like oh this is perfect this is perfect (laughs) art of darkness fodder um so yeah she's worth checking out for you know if anybody's looking for 
a little bit of a uh, psychological, uh, I don't even know what to call those books, sort of like uh, Kafka, but darker a little bit. <laughs> so. Well, and that brings us to the, the great one himself. And we've had all sorts of like weird sexual dysfunction just in those three episodes, right? Yeah. But nothing quite like Gurdjieff. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if you've had the chance to listen to the Gurdjieff episode, but yeah. that's our next on my list. I'm, I'm yeah. listening to Kafka right now and Gurdjieff was going to okay. be Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. What do you know about Gurdjieff? I know the Enneagrams. I know, uh, gosh, there's some theater company here that somehow is related that I did a 24 hour like acting marathon. Some of their stuff came from Gurdjieff. Hmm. Peter uh, Brook is yeah. a big Gurdjieffin. Uh, okay, he produced the movie. Uh, yeah, and Gurdjieff had, that we know of, at least seven different children by seven different women. Wow. As you do. <laughs> As one does. Yeah, and I well, would say there's a certain quality of darkness to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe you got to pump the brakes a little bit. Well, he was the, he's one of those people that, you know, you come out of it and you're like, Wait, was he a cult leader or was he like mm -hmm. legit somehow? Like it's not a hundred percent clear. You look back at most of these people and say, like, Yeah, it was obviously a cult leader, like just manipulating people. Mm -hmm. And even now you're like, I'm not sure. Dude. He's he's brilliant yeah. for sure. Um, well, and we're gonna have Michael on in the future for an episode of, of one of the biographies. Like tonight, we're yes. doing Disney okay, Flower Guys. Cool. So yeah. At some point, Michael, when we well, we gotta find maybe a might be a dead actor. It might be I don't know. We'll figure that sure, out in yeah. the back. Yeah, we'd, I'd love yeah. to do more actors. I mean, that's not an area of expertise mm -hmm. of mine, but that'd be, yeah, that'd be cool. And now looking back over the episodes, I think these two, if I may say so, based on the feedback we've received, it, these two are really where we started. Like hitting a stride is that Gurdjieff you, you did well Gurdjieff I think was pretty good because Gurdjieff yeah. was personally I'm very interested I think he's very woo-woo and kind of wacky and strange and fun and people are interested interested in him he's still if you if you're into Gurdjieff there's your you're kind of a, it, you're, you want to be an interesting person right <laughs> and that's that's nine tenths of it right yeah, like, yeah I want to yeah. be interesting yeah, what's going on you know I need a little help you know uh, <laughs> You're not, you're thinking a little outside the normie box, you know, if you're going for, for sure. Jeff. Yeah. That's um, for sure. And I, you know, but you took us um, in the, in the left field, uh, I would say with Junior Kimbrough. Oh yeah. 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 Who's a I musician. Love... Uh, and right. This is the one when we released this, this is when I started hearing from people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's one when I tweet, uh, when I just like, I just overtly tweet people like you should listen to this episode of this thing. Like when I find people on Twitter who, who have no idea who we are, um, this is the one that usually gets the most traction from that, those kinds of efforts. You know, you find somebody talking about the blues on Twitter or talking about junior Kimbrough or Hill country blues and send this. And it's, it's, it's big thumbs up generally. Yeah. Yeah. So, very cool. And, yeah, and um, we had done kind mm -hmm. of literary sort of, yeah, I mean, not even, Gurdjieff wasn't literary, but we'd done sort of, you know, white guys, <laughs> basically. Yeah, pretty um, well. I don't know yeah. about Gurdjieff, but yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we we and so yeah, that was a that was a big. William Burroughs was some sort of an alien. He was. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, Oscar Wilde was Irish. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so I don't even really know if we had done a white guy. Yeah, we might not have actually done a white guy. I think Burroughs qualifies. Yeah, he's sort of horrible. Yeah. yeah. Just horrible. I mean, what an amazing thing, too, that Burroughs hasn't been, quote unquote, canceled. I mean, you just think, like, it's so strange, the buckets that people find themselves in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's because the material is, it's almost in... I don't want to say this because I'm a huge Burroughs fan of the of the of the writing, but the work is almost incoherent. Like <laughs> you're not gonna, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not gonna settle on this thing where it's like, yeah. oh, he wrote abusively about some right. thing for a long sure. period of time because it might have he might have on a page, but like who's gonna find it amidst all of this just chaos? Yeah. So hmm. I, I think that's part of it. Is he, he's too hard to like locate? Well, and you. I think you hit a home run with Junior Kimbrough. I, I really enjoy that part of this yeah. is another thing, Michael, that's kind of fun about doing this podcast is like, I enjoy when it's like Brad's turn. Yeah. 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 I stress out a little more when it's mine. Like sure. Disney, I've got a book downstairs. I've yeah. got to quit. Like after we're done here, I got to go out oh, and start pouring over oh. it. And I want to feel like I know what I'm talking about. Plus also like, I kind of regret taking Disney on right now. I just yeah. don't, I hate it. I, I just, I hate it so much. <laughs> I really do. I just, it's Fair just enough. so awful, but at yeah. the same, but it's, it's not entirely awful. Yeah. Like I really, I actually really don't like the, the suicides. I don't like doing mm. the suicide episodes because sure. I find I spent a lot of time writing a play about Hemingway. I even we were almost sort of ventured to say I lost a year or mm. two doing that. I don't yeah. like too much um, having yeah. to get into the psychology of, of those folks. Um, yeah. To be frank. It's really demanding. Um, but uh, the, 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 my answer to Junior Kimbrough was yeah. Kubrick. Yeah. And I is, had a lot of fun doing that one. Yeah, I just that was finished excellent. listening to that. It was, okay. yeah, it was terrific. Oh, <laughs> that was so much fun. I, because that's, that's, a, that's when I can, I'm passionate about Disney, but yeah. it's like, I hate watch. Right. <laughs> a lot of it is, a lot of it is because they had that golden age of Disney. Uh, in the 50s and the 60s, and even the early stuff, like Fantasia is, yeah. it's clearly some sort of MK Ultra mind control, but it's right. it's also like <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and the conceit of uh, Fantasia, where you're going to, for a mass audience, you're going to do a, a classical concert, and you're going to talk right. about Grieg and, all, and, and Stravinsky right. and all of this. Mm-hmm. My gosh, how far, yeah. far away from that are we now? Um, and, you know, all this classic art, it's actually heartbreaking in a funny way to watch this classic Disney. You, like 101 Dalmatians is like borderline fine art. Yeah. The, 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 I could just stare at the backgrounds all day, yeah. but it's yeah. a lost art. So it's like, right. oh, just the feelings are so intense about yeah. Disney. Yeah. Anyway, but I love Stanley Kubrick. So you just listened yeah. to the episode. So I, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Michael. You, you enjoyed it, I guess. Uh, you know, that was fun <laughs> to prepare. Yeah, no, I... Uh... I, I had stuff that I wanted to talk about in relation to that. Um, I got to read a, a, a biography of Anthony Burgess. So that was oh, cool. interesting to, you know, hear their intersection and the quotes that you had um, from him about that and how, you know, how he'd come up with uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Uh, the biography I have, um, it's called uh, Little Wilson and Big God. And it's, in any event, it, it ends before, it's sort of memoirs. It ends before he had written Clockwork Orange. So I hadn't known oh, that about his wife and the horrible yeah. thing that it happened. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was dark. Well, and there's something too that was, was so that going on with Anthony with, with Burgess's wife, and then mm-hmm. and then the Clockwork Orange film gets made, and and Kubrick is not trying to glorify the violence; he's trying to do something, right. and then people just dressing up, uh, you know, and going out and assaulting people, right? And uh, it's just right. There it's, was in the East Village in the early 2000s a place called the Karova Milk Bar. Oh, really? That, I used to frequent with a friend of mine and it was always a bad night. Really? We'd go in there, <laughs> we're like, we're going to have fun. And then we would right. have the white chocolate martinis. And the yeah. next thing you knew, it was, you know, raging, like right. raging, angry drunks right. <laughs> walking right. around the East Village. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that attracting that kind of thing. Right. I, 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 yeah. It was, you know, it was us. Like we right. Had that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. This right. This brings that to let yeah. rip. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, A Clockwork Orange is such a great example of how Kubrick's project is really about kind of almost like ritual abuse mm. and how society has a tendency to ritually abuse people. Um, how the career, that's how his oove ends. Of course, right. I mean, great. Yeah. he warned us. Yeah, Epstein yeah. didn't kill himself. Right. And, I, I and love that. that you brought that up and sort of connected it because you know it, I remember seeing it that summer. What it was summer of '98 or '99? '99. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the summer I was at the Guthrie. I saw it with hey. a bunch of uh, actors there. And we might have even been in the same because that's when I saw it. I saw it in Minneapolis here. In that Indiana. little indie theater. I yeah, seen like yeah. Blair Witch Project like the week yep. before, and then yeah, <laughs> yep. That might have been. We might have been in the <laughs> same, the same audience. Oh. What the heck? <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man. <laughs> and then I, I was at Little St. James the following week. Uh, oh. You know, right? Yeah, with with uh, good old Jeffrey. Um, I'm joking, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah but Kubrick oh, was St. James. Right. Yeah, no, right. I knew right. somebody. I, I, I didn't, <laughs> Jesus I didn't Christ! Know. <laughs> okay, no, you... I knew somebody that uh, his family were people that loved to sail and stuff, uh, and they were also <laughs> oh, from a, a Providence, like a Providence uh, family of. He describes them as like English Im- immigrant gangsters in Providence. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's kind of like Cockney, like fifth generation Cockney gangsters living in Providence and they that's awesome Super yeah but not yeah not the not yeah. the um, yeah wasps right. that you think of um yeah. but they were they were sailing around the Caribbean and they were like you know that's where a crazy guy has like a, a sex slave island and and they knew he, to- he told me this in 2014 yeah. and I was like I wrote him when all this stuff about Epstein came out I was like is that what you were talking about? And he said, oh, yeah. yeah that's exactly what it was. That reminds me of... Uh, they said they were going to raid it like pirates and you know, liberate the girls. Wow. Oh, my God. Well, that, that would be a funny name for a theater company would be like the Little Little St. James Community Theater or something. Right? <laughs> the Little St. James Players. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is Art of Darkness. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel like I'm going too far, guys. You're not. You're not. We're we're appropriately going. Oh, we're making radio. We're, we're, yeah. we're playing the hits. Come on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's fascinating. That reminds me of when I was over in England uh, and, um, in, you know, doing theater uh, in 2006, 2007. And Kevin Spacey was roosted in the... Yeah. Um, the old Vic, and all it was was just rumors and rumors and rumors, mm. and everyone knew. And you would even get warned, yep. like if, oh, if yeah. you know, if you stay away from us, yeah. You and wow. it's like, oh, you know, we all 
I mean, you know, it's, it's just this whisper network stuff. Yeah, no, I, he, I did a show with uh, somebody that was probably kind of a boy toy of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the man had a, a long-term girlfriend, um, but he had kind of wow. made his career. Wow. And there were, one night, uh, somebody was in the audience who was just like laughing like crazy at every line that that guy said. And I was like, I wonder who that is. And friends mm-hmm. of mine were like, there was this really, this German guy, was like, this really annoying man in the audience. And I, afterwards, you know, when people were filing out, I, I thought, it, funnily enough, I thought Israel Horowitz had came, come to see the play because he was wearing the same kind of outfit as him. And then it suddenly came to me. I was like, that's Kevin Spacey. Oh. <laughs> that was him. His yeah. little paramour had been on stage. Oh, and, oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that guy ever going to come back, Kevin Spacey? Uh, too man. much. Uh, let me consult the uh, Council of Kevins uh, after right. the show. I'll grab telegram here, all the Kevins. Or... Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Um, you know, you know the the name Kevin in German and in Germany and the German speaking countries is like the equivalent of the name Karen now. Here. Oh, is that right? That's Isn't that hilarious. fun? I love That's that. Funny. That's really nice. You are such a Kevin. You are such a Kevin. <laughs> I am. <laughs> anyway, all right. So uh, yeah, I I own it. Um, uh, okay, so up next we had um, Kafka is who you did next. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very fond of the episode title for Kafka. Franz Kafka goes to Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that, that yeah. amuses me. And of course, I like to say that, and maybe I should explain what I mean here. Uh, I, and we made a shirt. I think I'm even wearing it. Um, yeah. It says uh, Kafka was a hack. Mm. And of course, I don't, I, I don't mean this to denigrate Kafka's writing ability. It's a bit of a, a joke. I mean, it's a joke, of course, mm-hmm. uh, only because I just don't know if Kafka would last 15 minutes at the Mall of America in mm-hmm. 2021. Yeah. How yeah. face-meltingly horrific. It's like Orwell. It's like, nice try, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we, you, you did a good job for the time. Yeah, right. But And, of course, I, res- I respect and admire all these yeah. writers. And directionally, you were correct. Right. But it's like we're living in some sort of hyperspace version of Kafka. Yeah, yeah. It's, way, it's, it's in some ways much stranger than Kafka stuff. You know, uh, nobody's turning into cockroaches, but, the, you know, there's, a, there's a, almost a comic book quality to, like, the news that is far weirder than most of the stuff Kafka was writing. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and we're not here to... Um, Attack Kafka. That's not no. the whole. The joke, yeah. of course, is that you know I, I like to think he might appreciate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I read the trial when I was in the most mind-numbing job, just you know survival oh, yeah. job. Oh. Yeah. Doing a filing for a medical company. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, I mean that's sort of like, what I he would... was doing when he wrote it, more or less. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he nailed so, it. He nailed that. Like yeah. the the corporatization and you see that in the trial and and you really see that too this isn't what anybody remembers but you really see that in the metamorphosis as well because the 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 almost the worst part of that story like the part that hurts me the most isn't so much the family stuff though that's well done and everything it's that his boss shows up to be like why aren't you at work like, yeah. <laughs> like you're sick in bed and your boss is like knocking on the door like you're late. What's what's going on? Get him. Get out of it. Get up. Get up. You got to go to work. Like, 
just no escape. And if you know, if you wrote that now, he'd be calling you on the phone. Yeah, emailing you, messaging you on Slack. Right, 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 right. Where can I find you? Yeah, yeah, right. 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 You haven't wiggled your mouse in ten minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, and it's sort of like. Kafka, Kafka is so great, but it's like if these writers, and this is a personal thing that I think about a lot. If these writers were so great, why did it, like, why didn't it get better? <laughs> like, why, <laughs> do you know, why are we in this, why is Mark Zuckerberg trying to suck our children into digital? Yeah, yeah well, nobody. You know, I, I uh, understand it's art against the forces that are so much bigger than any one person right. can control right. and i'm sure the world is i guarantee the world is a better place for having kafka yeah well work, the, you know? i think yeah. the hope isn't so much that the art can like actually change the world it might be that they a great piece of art can just pry a little space in things that you can like fit in and like psychically survive yeah. more so than like changing everything it's like you yeah. can read you can read kafka and it didn't change anything but you can go like oh that's why i feel like that sometimes i get it now <laughs> it's like the, the samistat that used to go around in, in russia and the czech republic behind the iron curtain they yeah. were just like in offices they would mimeograph stories right. plays right polemics uh you know yeah just pass them around under right. cover of darkness <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna start happening now uh yeah yeah i think it is i think uh i think i've even seen a bit of it yeah it's funny um well so moving forward to the next the next two episodes i mean we we kind of blew past it but that that kubrick episode i had we didn't blow past it we hung around we we i wanted to talk about a couple of things in there yeah bring talk about it (laughs) i mean that was that was our turning dig into it i feel like it was a turning point yeah i'm gonna um i'm gonna take a quick break um but you guys go on about and i'll jump right back in okay okay yeah Yeah, yeah. well oh no kevin's gone i can't (laughs) (laughs) go for it well i love that um that uh, he got Arthur C. Clarke to write it, and then he ended up in the Chelsea Hotel. <laughs> yeah, just like, right with you know, and I don't remember who some of the other characters were, but they were like, was it? I think there should be an Art of Darkness, like about the Chelsea Hotel. Yeah, no, I know that would be. It's a fascinating place, and I, I mean, around I that still time, don't know much about it. I'm guessing that that's right around when. Um, oh my God, we got a, a siren going by here. <laughs> Welcome to New York. Right, right, right. That's exactly what people think New York sounds like. You, I live yeah. on Broadway, so it's unavoidable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I think uh, like Patti Smith was living there. Like, Okay. I, I think Jimi Hendrix was around there at that time. Yeah, Leonard Cohen was living there. Wow. Uh, Joni Mitchell was living there. Like, talking about the that, village? The Chelsea Hotel. The, yeah. the Chelsea Hotel itself. And actually, right now, I get my hair cut from a guy that lives on the top floor there in a, in a studio. He is such a wonderful, wonderfully eccentric person. Well, um, you, talk, you talk about ghosts. I mean, yeah. not that I don't know who of Dylan any, Thomas. Right. <laughs> so wait, did it was a Dylan? Somebody died there, right? At the Dylan, Chelsea Hotel? Yeah, Dylan Thomas went into a, you know, a coma basically after okay. doing 17 shots of whiskey at the White Horse Tavern not far away. I think oh, yeah, that's I know too that, many. I know that place. Yeah, I know the White yeah. Horse. Yeah. yeah. So he did that. He said, apparently he said, this must be a record. Walked out of there, oh, went back to the Chelsea no. and just like didn't wake up. Oh, wow. No. So yeah, you imagine the goat, the, the, the energy in that place over all of that and the stories and the oh, yeah. myths and the rumors and the 
Wow. And it's yeah, been so like under renovation for like the last eight or nine years. So yeah. when you go there, it's always like scaffolding here. And yeah. weird I'll stuff. never understand why drinkers have to write so much. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> uh, that that's interesting. How did we get to Chelsea Hotel from Kubrick? Was well, did he because uh, Arthur, Arthur C. Clark. Clark? Right, of course, had, uh, of course. Had, yeah, I guess decamped from he, where he, he ensconced himself Park there. West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, he liked to. You said he had to go to bed at nine o'clock every night. Which now with a young kid, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Right. It's yeah. funny that he was in that kind of bohemian hotbed of bohemianism, but then uh, you know he he. Right. Didn't think anybody would you can imagine him like with the, the, you imagine with the broomstick at the ceilings. Jimi Hendrix is like quiet. upstairs. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. The party doesn't even start until eleven in New York right. City. Right. Everybody's right. just pre-gaming until yeah, yeah, yeah. until ten. Yeah. Um, so we have two two more episodes um, after after Kubrick and Kafka. The next one was the the great suicide, which really tested, yeah. tested me and my metal. And, um, and also my, I think my ability to kind of be, I don't know, to, to empathize in, in a certain way, uh, because I don't come from even remotely a background like Virginia Woolf's, mm. uh, that was quite, that was quite intense. And, and finding the seven or eight minutes of recorded audio of her voice and the way she talks, which is such, so high. And, He's here to see the queen. I can't even do it. It's just, just high it's, RP, hardcore. It goes, that's not how I heard no. her writing in my no. head neck brain. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that was interesting. No, her voice was startling. It felt cartoonish. It felt like you were watching a car, like a war, like some kind of cartoon from the 50s or 60s where they had had an English character but it was, you know, that's what it felt like. To How me. do you think we Which sound to them? my head so much, right? <laughs> oh, great. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> Gee whiz, Brad. I sure do like the theater. The theater. <laughs> yeah, really, though. But it was it was fascinating. And, yeah. and getting to know um, her work a little more. And uh, and uh, that, it was a real a real joy. One thing, too, that I took from from her and from especially from Kubrick is this this idea and it's sort of driving me now in a lot of ways is that it's just this this DIY thing yeah Kubrick uh raised money from what was it a dentist Uh, it was like a dentist or an optometrist in the neighborhood Jewish kid from Brooklyn taps the network nearly kills his actors out in California (laughs) with like a gas missed like a mistake with some gas right film sets are dangerous Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to be on your toes, legitimately. Um, so were theaters, true. Yeah, theaters yeah. are a little. Yeah, right. I mean, don't whistle in the theater. It goes back to the sailors. And I had and a, a in a tech yeah. rehearsal. A, a fellow actor of mine was dropped on his head. We were both being suspended by ropes, and then when we went backstage, I saw that they had just they had no idea what they were doing. Oh, saw no. these like random knots that they had put to try and get it to be the right length. And of oh course, God. you know, one of them had come out like you know, he was just lucky not to be paralyzed. Why wow. were you being suspended um, at uh, the Titus Little St. James Andronic- Theater? It was Titus Andronicus, and we were playing the two uh, brothers. And oh. uh, Titus comes in and would cut our throat. It was a wonderful effect once it was perfected. But you know, when we You're were ready to do Sarah Kane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're classically stage. trained right. to do <laughs> modern English theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fun. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's dangerous. You have to be careful for sure. Um, 
but uh, yeah, Kubrick, it's just, it's this DIY thing. And mm-hmm. now it's like, you got to do it. Um, what did, what does Werner Herzog say? The first thing you should learn if you want to become a filmmaker is how to forge a document. Right. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it is, I have to like, admit mm-hmm. that, uh, I think I know what he's talking about. <laughs> produce something this. But not, this we're not going to. We're not going to. Yeah, put we that, won't put that. Uh, out. Yeah, we're, we're put that Wait till the statute Don't of limitations. Don't listen to me, mm-hmm. Right, I won't release this until 2027. <laughs> and, uh, lawyers. Uh, um, yeah, and so Virginia Woolf is is similar too. Where and they had money and all the rest of it, and of course, money makes things easier. But one mm-hmm. one thing that I've realized doing this, and Brad and I talked about this, it's that there's like a through line or a thread. A lot of these people have the ability to get what they want. They don't have the money, they put the money together. Uh, we're coming up on Disney. I was just listening to something about how they were mortgaged to the hilt, down to one car for the family, couldn't get Disneyland made, couldn't get it financed. Wow. They finally agreed to do two shows for ABC for half a million dollars to get wow. the financing done for Disneyland. You have this wow. idea that they're just this monolithic power and it's always been that way. Finance right. does not work that way. No, it does not work that way. And uh, so just these people have this indomitable will to get it done. Kubrick, I'm a D student, uh, but I'm going to get somebody to somebody's going to give me a great job. Mm -hmm. And somebody's going to, you know, I want to make a movie. So you have to have that that fire. Not not always, but a lot of these figures that were that we're covering have that fire. Yeah. Uh, Well, the next one we did, Rod Serling was definitely a case of that. I mean, he was just that work all i mean he basically worked himself to death essentially he just yeah well non-stop I mean, for the people clock. who don't know yeah. you know who who is rod sterling um, um brad yeah he was the creator and 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 wrote bulk of the series of of the twilight Zone. bulk of the series dude <laughs> and and a number of other a number of other works for television um you know was at one time the most recognizable writer in america so he did that same i mean he was a kid from upstate new york and 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 just through sheer force of will just made things happen wasn't he a little tiny guy too yeah he was like five, i love this five. idea of these little yeah. these like napoleon guys coming on and just <laughs> right they don't right, have a right. lot going for them in on that front right they're not giga right. chad right yeah no, they're gonna yeah. smoke enough cigarettes and talk they're gonna sort yeah. of flam their way into this yeah right right and then back it up and then you know yeah 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 that was that's i've taken that from from these episodes too very much though just like you just do it you just do it and you don't stop doing it yeah. And it's so often that they were bad students. Like oh, they yeah. just, they're just utterly bored by the right. educational system and the, its structures. And yeah, and, yeah. And they're completely right to be. It's, it's, right. it's mortifying. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a career in, if you're going to have a career like Stanley, what would it have benefited him to be a good student? Try to imagine you know? Stanley Kubrick in graduate school. For screenwriting, right. trying to feed feedback, <laughs> right. you can't even imagine. Right, right. And of course, I mean, I'm saying this as somebody like, who, yeah. Right. I mean, do you guys feel that? In some ways, I feel like, why didn't I just, you know, at 17, move to Hollywood and just, you know, sink or swim? Right. Yeah. Like, 
I think I, <laughs> one thing about this, a lot of this is that we're living in very different times yeah. from these yeah. folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, this is this is the old problem, and this comes up on the episodes yeah. a lot too, Brad and, yeah. and, and Michael. It's it's a case of like, and then I wrote a feature story for the New York Post, from which I took the proceeds, moved to the south of France, and bought my right. villa and lived right. off it for three right. years. Then my yeah. grandfather died. You know, right. it, it's like you could write a story. Yeah, get a feature story done. You do two a year, right? And then right. pursue whatever else you want. Money is yeah. a little different. The dollar is not quite what it used to be. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Ex- it's I wanted excuse, to uh, mention that there, yeah. you, you mentioned in the Brando episode that mm-hmm. he was at like a a lunch counter and he ran into uh, Norman Mailer and James Baldwin. Yeah, <laughs> I had just read a, a collection of essays by Baldwin. And he, he talks about in uh, notes on the Amen Corner that uh, when he first moved to France, he like, he, he went there similarly. He, you know, yeah. he'd had something published, he'd had some prize and it was enough for him to move to France, but he very quickly ended up in the hospital. And then after that ended up in jail. Oh my oh. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. And he borrowed money from Marlon Brando. Oh, oh. really? And this oh. was like, I don't know, sometime in the early 50s, late 40s. So Very Brandon must cool. have just had his first break and he was still in touch with James Baldwin and he wow. like bailed him out. And he, he talked about it as like the, because he was talking, you know, he had a lot of issues with white America, but he was like, right. there are brilliant, wonderful exceptions out there and that yeah. and he was one of them. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, Marlon walked the walk. Did you, yeah. if you heard that episode, I think I played, did I play any of the business about the Native American cause? Yes. Because yeah. he was yeah. so was intense great. about that yeah. way before that was fashionable yeah. or David right. Gurr. Right. Uh, I mean, to go to Hollywood and to, to send a Native American woman in your stead to receive an Oscar for The Godfather, one right. of the greatest performances of all time. Uh, yeah. And then to lecture Hollywood about their representation of Native Americans in the seventies. Right, right. Now, yeah. now, if you don't do it, you're right. You're that's hosed. true. But this legitimately <laughs> yeah. was a was a power move. And yeah. Brando, Brando was incomprehensibly large doing doing that episode. Um, it's going to be like Disney, where at a certain point we just go, well. Yeah. You sort of throw okay. your hands up and go, okay, here's three hours of right. us right. talking this is... about this. Go read, go read a book, I guess, watch yeah. the movies. I have yeah. a, we're not there yet, but we'll come to it. I, I want to go um chronologically here. Uh we're getting we're getting very close to it. So the next one that we have is um uh let's see here. Tennessee Williams. No, we got we've got huh? uh Pamela Coleman Smith. Oh we yeah, yeah, want, yeah, yeah. We can't we can't miss her, which That's of course true. the whole point uh is that she's the overlooked the, uh, overlooked we can't overlook pamela coleman smith uh, that's right really it's it's ridiculous you have this rider weight tarot deck she's the one who drew the thing and her name mm-hmm. isn't even on it I yeah mean, it's talk in, about a crime yeah right? yeah 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 literally her name's not on it and she's you know she's with the amount that that deck sells she's probably her art is probably <sighs> among like the best selling prints there are all time really i mean it probably it is way. her art is yeah. probably the the greatest selling art of all time it's it's up it's up it's in the conversation yeah. for sure huh. you know um because there's a lot of people have that deck for sure um so yeah i wonder so, how many copies of that have been sold it's got to be millions 
hundreds of millions. Yeah. Maybe. I'm going to look yeah. while you talk about it. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. That was a cool episode for me to do because I have, you know, an interest in a relationship to the tarot and I didn't really know anything about her. I just knew like, I knew she was a synesthete and she'd done this deck and that was kind of it. So that was really cool to investigate. And then we just, in doing it, sort of discovered this like, amazing inspiring talent who is also a DIYer who is just like I'm just going to do this I'm going to do it exactly how I want to do it I'm going to figure out how to make money I'm going to I'm not going to I don't really care what the traditions of how to do this are I don't really care who doesn't like it you know she was going to do her thing and she did that's you know she did until it uh you know past past when anybody even cared anymore she, Didn't she did she it you know I kind of penniless as she a did. Catholic yeah. and remote England, like a yeah, she, she yeah, yeah, she ran a she ran a um she bought a property that had a little chapel on it and oh. um called Our Lady of the Lizard, and uh, the very s south in England as you can possibly be, and uh, it was like a resort kind of. It feels weird saying a resort, but like when priests were Catholic priests were on vacation, they they would go there and and you know hang out and and get some rest. And yeah, she kind of died slowly was just running out of money. And there's another quality of our show, which I think is is pretty obvious as you go through it, that there yeah. that we're not complete um, devotees of sort of um, aggressive identity politics, yeah. but it's a factor in a lot of these oh, yeah. lives. And sure. if you take race and gender into account, it's really, really important. And a lot of people don't get the shot. Um, because right. Right. a lot of people don't get the credit that they do. And a lot of that has to do with these institutional bigotries and uh, yeah. of, of all shapes and sizes. Yeah. And she was, she was, uh, they, they, everybody thought of her as an oddity. And I think she, she maximized that, but it also was a hindrance at the same time, you know? So that was kind of an interesting case. I really enjoyed that episode because I know how passionate you are about the tarot, yeah. Brad. So yeah. it was like, it got oh, me, okay. Oh, it got me, yeah, it got me super excited. And that's yeah. why I'm, I'm really excited tomorrow to talk to um, Elizabeth O'Connor, who, who wrote who wrote the book on her. So that's yeah, gonna be great. that's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, it's funny. I just, so this Forest of Symbols podcast that I went on and did an interview on, uh, mm -hmm. one of the questions he asked me, uh, it pertains to Art of Darkness because uh, and Michael, I wonder if this has been clear to you in a number of episodes you've listened to. We will not do someone who has just died. Uh, we has to we, be a year and a day. A year and a day. Yeah. Yes, correct. And that is that is both um, for for a, a strict spiritual reason, which will will not be disclosed on the episode. Uh, there may be hints of it if you go back and listen to the Gurdjieff episode. You may come to have a slight understanding of why we don't do it. Um, but he asked. He asked me. <laughs> I'm being goofy. Um, he asked me uh, uh, on the episode, is there someone you would do right after they die? And I answered, yes, there's one person that, that the show, and I actually have to check with Brad. So Brad, this is a production meeting right now. Brad. Well, it's gotta be somebody, it's gotta be somebody who would find, who would find that funny or be okay with it. Have I told you? No, I haven't told you. No, I haven't you, listened who, apparently that far into the episode. Who do you think I'm willing to do the the day after he finally kicks the bucket? <laughs> You're gonna kick yourself if you you know after. Hold on. Wait, I, I think I can get it. I'm summoning, I'm summoning the energy to get this. I'm flipping some tarot cards. 
heart of darkness. Well, Doug Stanhope doesn't ah! give a care if you. <laughs> yeah, it's Doug Stanhope. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the yeah. he's got the death list uh, the the um death dead death pool he doesn't Doug care he that death hilarious mm-hmm. yeah yeah I just yeah. saw Doug at the uh, Mall of America he okay. was coming this way this is yeah. why this is why we're we're podcast yeah. husbands <laughs> he yeah. was he was coming this way at the Mall of America I was going that way with my buddy Robert uh, who's a fan who's a fan of the show friend of the show mm-hmm. um and we were going to dinner and. Doug was there with his entourage. I think Junior Stopka was with, with him, which is very cool. Junior Stopka is a really funny dude. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, I'm like, oh, hey, Doug. And he had, it is, is, you know, it had been done up at the mall for Halloween. He had had like half his face painted. Nice. And then he was like, hey. <laughs> he says, hey. <laughs> and I'm like, happy Halloween. And then, and then over his shoulder, he's like, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> and, then, and then he yelled, or I'm going the wrong way, which is very funny if you know the Mall of America, because it's right. just a loop. You will end up back. So he was funny there. He's I love Doug yeah. Stanhope. I've seen him yeah, like in four different places. He's uh, great. He's great. And yes, yeah. when Doug finally kills himself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which, Either which slowly I, or suddenly. Well, it's, I mean, he's, he, he was joking about how great, cause I, you know, again, I saw him, he was joking about how great COVID was for him. He just was living on his, he called it his, um, his suicide stack, his suicide account. He doesn't have a retirement account. He has, that's what he was, that's what he was calling it. Anyway, he's yeah. the one guy, but everybody mm-hmm. else we wait. And I yeah. think that's, I think that's ethical and it's reasonable. a good, it's a good, it's a good, I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with it. We are going to try to start timing episodes a little more with like major pop culture stuff. So yeah. we can tease another one that we have coming out soon, which Brad's prepping. I'm excited. Yeah, about we've got uh, Frank Herbert's coming up uh, oh, the great. next the next primary episode after after Disney. Um, and then we will then uh, at the beginning of the year, we're going to have our first episode that like the closest to their death, uh, which is the great MF Doom. Doom, get the cash. Who actually died a year ago this weekend, and then nobody knew for two months, which is perfect for for that guy. So, so we're gonna. I'm treating. I'm treating January, uh, December thirty first, which is when he was is announced that he had passed. That is his actual death date. So, so that'll be our New Year's episode. Yeah, for, sometime for in January team. we'll we'll yeah. do that. Cool, yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Well. Uh, we're making good progress here. The next episode after Pamela Coleman Smith, and we're getting into June now of 2021, although these episodes are in theory evergreen. Um, you can go back and listen to these anytime. We actually try to not make it too topical. Um, I think even with uh, Frank Herbert coming on, we're going to have to talk about the new movie. Yeah. It's, it's unavoidable, but uh, that, that's not what this show's about. Um, uh, uh, the next episode was covering the waterfront with Tennessee Williams. Mm, yes. uh, Michael's like, ah, really <laughs> lighting up. Did you, what did you make of that one? No, I, I loved it. I mean, some of the, it, you, you go into incredible depth and you could even go further with them. I mean, they're just terrific. Yeah. 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 I'm not, not fishing for compliments, but, but uh, you're right. I mean, sometimes I think like, God, should we do three episodes per person? I, but I don't, I, I like the format that we have. Yeah. yeah. I think part of the fun of this show is to kind of like give people a taste, you know, and if you really get into somebody, there's so much out there typically for these folks, not always, but yeah. typically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tennessee was so much fun to do. Uh, what a character. And another 
um, playwright who had a kind of a terrible fall uh, from from grace and not as not as bad as yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, he, he just kept yeah. producing though. I mean, the thing was he, he didn't give up um, mm. and he might admit that he wasn't doing his best plays, but he did not stop. And he went yeah. to his, in fact, I think I found his final, like he was writing on the day of his death. Wow. And I have this biography mm. here. Oh, Ooh. Where we've got the last words that he wrote. Oh, oh, like this. oh no, Michael's taking over the show. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. See if nice. I can... One of us. One of us. <laughs> if I can find it. Yeah, find uh, it. Yeah. Well, he called death uh, the sudden subway. Uh, so James Laughlin said about him, Tennessee called death the sudden subway, and now he has taken the train. But he, his final lines for a character in a play that he was working on called Kira, Kira nods with a senseless look. She's petrified. Kira takes a few hesitant steps in one direction, then another, frightened by the sound of her slippers on the floor. She removes them, then crosses to each door and bolts it stealthily. That done, she's again undecided of what to do next. At last, she seats herself rigidly in a chair, stage center, and closes her eyes. Ooh. It was the yeah. last words he That's... wrote in his entire life. Wow. 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 That was a fun episode to do. We're, we're not going to top that so we can move right on. Yeah, uh, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee, so fun. And, it, you know, it's not so much that he declined, although he, his uh, alcohol abuse, his, his drug alcoholism, mm-hmm. all the rest was not great. The drug abuse um, is sort of a casualty of that stuff, which is a theme. Uh, if you're a if you're an artist or an aspiring artist, drugs are not cool. Okay, <laughs> try to, <laughs> don't do. Yeah, stay away. Uh, you know, uh, or definitely try to pull up out of a tailspin as soon as you can because it does not help the work at a certain point. Mm. Um, but uh, but Tennessee, um, he, he fell out of fashion. Yeah. Uh, and that's something about theater is that it moves so fast. If you have if you have su- the success to the degree that he had, inevitably it's almost inevitable they'll turn on you. Uh, yeah, they almost that's, have that's, to. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, and coming right on his heels, um, maybe a little too on the nose, uh, but it seemed logical was to go right to Marlon Brando. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think we've already touched on that quite a bit. But uh, Michael, as an actor, as an American actor, what's your take on Brando? Well, he's, you know. Everest or whatever. Not that you're going to climb Marlon Brando, but... <laughs> yeah, no, he, he would love he if you climb him. He, he, he probably would be <laughs> That's into it. Right. You know, I wasn't aware of uh, his uh, ACDC quality. That was... Uh, yeah, yeah. It goes both ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I was vaguely aware of it. I didn't I understand know. the rapaciousness of the... Like, I didn't... I, I had no idea of the just sheer volume uh, yeah, <laughs> it was unbelievable. His entire you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the, the fact that you you deal with a lot of these people that do have drug addictions and alcohol addictions, but for him, you know, some he people would, are, are like that. Like I knew a, a bona fide sociopath, psychopath once, and he wouldn't touch alcohol or drugs or anything. But mm-hmm. it was all in like how he manipulated people and Oof. messed with you and got in your head and destroyed right. you. You know, I guess for Marlon, that was, you know, partly his genius of getting into a character, but then also seducing people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I found some of me, there's actually in this book, a lot of stuff on Marlon as well. 
I'm sure. Yeah, there's pictures of those two together. Name and, the book yeah. that you're reading. Yeah, Tennessee sorry, this book. is um, John Lars' biography of him that probably came out in 2014 or something. It is extensive. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. But as an actor, yeah, I mean, my God. Yeah. Watching uh, Streetcar. I think that, you know, I had seen him as an older actor, but then going back to see him at age 23 or 24 and just being like, you know, you, that is God given that you are born yeah. with that. And, I don't know. You just say the word streetcar and it flashes through my mind. And it's a movie like Psycho, which I just rewatched where I go, yeah. I, hmm, I could watch Streetcar tonight. Yeah. yeah. It, it's such a yeah. rare thing to make people all around the world. Millions of people go, hmm, I can probably watch that movie. I yeah. can go for The Godfather yeah. again. What yeah. is it? It's that it's that quality that's just something you, in, indefinable. He very nearly turned it down. Mm. Really? Godfather or, was, uh, or uh, Streetcar? Streetcar. Street yeah. Wow. He thought he was too young. He thought he would embarrass himself. And he called huh. to say, I don't want to audition for it. Wow. And the line was busy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Fate. And then he, wow. he got his nerve back and they gave him 20 bucks to take a bus or whatever. They gave him 20 bucks to get out to Provincetown from New York. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he, slept he, with uh, three or four people on the way. <laughs> right, he, had, yeah, he had a girlfriend. Right. He had a girlfriend at <laughs> the time. The bus and, driver. And he never showed up. And Tennessee um, called into town. He said, where's Marlon? Nobody could find him. He and his girlfriend, he, he pocketed the money and uh, hitchhiked. So he nice. showed up late. Oh, it took him a while. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And the wow. place was plunged into darkness. because Somehow they'd blown the fuses and they had overflowed the toilets. So he came in and got, somehow he got the lights working. He unplugged the toilets and then sat down and read from the script. And Tennessee, after like 10 minutes, Tennessee was like, This is get, clearly get me, the guy. Yeah. Get me, <laughs> this person, this person, we got to call one of the producers and make sure that like she doesn't nix this because this is my man. Wow. wow. I found Stanley. <laughs> that charisma. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Did I tell the story on the episode about being down at UT and uh, a bunch of Tennessee's artifacts were there and among them mm -hmm. was the little black book, Marlon's little black book. And he had mm -hmm. made the stage manager quite angry. So okay, she kind of didn't give it back to him. <laughs> It'd be like losing your hardware wallet for your yeah. crypto now, but it's like sex crypto. Right. <laughs> Which is, is crypto. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that, that, that's great. I love that story about, no, that uh, about was yeah, that was a fun yeah. episode. Now we're getting to a real banger. Yeah. Uh, one that I know, Michael, you were excited to talk about, uh, Brad, who's next? Johnny Cash. God bless Johnny Cash. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I don't have much to add to that. I mean, yeah. you guys plumbed the depths there, and I, I don't know more about him. I'm just, <clears throat> you know, a fanboy like you, you guys are. Yeah. It was a, that was, this was one. Um, and, and I've learned so much doing all these episodes, and, and the ones Kevin, Kevin's, Kevin's done sitting here, I, I learned a lot too. That one for me and the Rod Serling one, also, I guess the Marlon Brando one, but for some reason that one and the Rod Serling one, I felt like learning about them. I was learning like 20th century American history. Sure. Like I felt that yeah. there were so many things attached to what they had done that the like sunken lands. Right. Yeah. 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 That. Right. So yeah, they oh, had it's, starting it's... in that, like, at you know, at the literal muck bottom of the country yeah. to, you know, being one of the most. But I love you know, that album. You know, I, I'm glad that you brought up that he had written that, um, the, 
that song, I forget what it's called, but it's sort of about the end of the world. And it's yeah, like man, the, the, man the drummer's comes drum, the men. I, you know, that whole album was, was covers. Mm -hmm. And I think in somewhere in my mind, I had thought that that was a cover too. What a, I, that song is so for the <laughs> ages. Yeah, it, it really is. It's like a is. folk song. It's like something that's been passed down for centuries. Yeah, it does feel, it does have that quality, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. That, I yeah. think that is a masterpiece yeah i i totally agree he's a he's, i'm a grudging uh, catholic that's one of the themes of the show is that we <laughs> every every time somebody turns to the one true ch church we were much more favorable to them on the podcast um but when the when the man comes around it's probably the pinnacle of protestant art it yeah so. yeah i would say that's probably true. <laughs> the angels are like trimming their wings their yeah. their wicks the their angel, wi angels wicks. are their wicks yeah they're yeah. trimming wicks. their wicks so they're getting their right. candles ready for to, for revelation yeah right yeah right. Yeah, yeah yeah and somehow i hear the sort of the echo of wings even though that's not yeah. what he's yeah saying. but he's but he, i'm sure poetically he knows what he's yeah. doing and oh my i, God, I have a shakespeare wonderful. uh scholar teacher expert that talks about like shadow words there are the words that you hear oh, that are interesting. kind of inferred um, yes yeah and the wick is it's such a wonderful word and it's so also evocative it's of course it's evocative of the candle but it's you your wick yeah is right uh, your right, time is coming. Right. You're that burning yeah. candle. Yeah. And the time, you know, oh, yeah. it's so good. That's I mean, good. And then to yeah. him him writing that, pacing around his house, mm. kind of alone now, going blind, you know, yeah. it, it's gone. He's skyrocketed and plummeted and skyrocketed again, you know. Nobody's had a greater comeback than, that than was, Johnny That Cash. was what I realized in that episode, too. That was and it like, was Ruben. It was Rick Ruben. Yeah. yeah. Taking him. You're crazy for this one, Rick. Right. <laughs> and yeah. There's but a story in, of Rick Ruben. Oh, go. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Well, you, you go ahead. I've talked about all this already. So go for it. <laughs> but there's this one wonderful story that Rick Ruben, um, that he called him up, that I guess Johnny just out of the blue called him up and said, I'd like you to say the Lord's Prayer with me. Oh yeah, it doesn't surprise and like, me. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. were like over the phone, like right, reciting right. the, or maybe just Johnny did. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Well, and then Rick Rubin's whole mode of approaching that project was to just like, I'm just gonna let you be you, and yeah. we're gonna see what happens. Kind of. At least that's how it started, and then started adding in some of the production as you know, because it's a five album, five or six album extended project but yeah. that material that stuff is music that i can't put on uh most times that late johnny cash stuff yeah. because it's mm. too much yeah it's too much um oh the song yeah. i i, I love it i'm not it's just it's just i'm not hanging around the house music yeah. it's too yeah. much no that song um i see a darkness it's originally written by bonnie prince billy uh, that song will, has made me probably cry four times in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just once, but like multiple yeah. times that song has uh, come on and I've teared up. I have so, that. I have that. Yeah. It's, it's corny, but I have that with the Beatles. I can't listen to the Let It Be record sometimes. It's mm. just too much. There's too many personal gets tied up with your family and people mm. you know and have lost and all of it. It's just and too music, much. Music, yeah. music is so evocative in memory anyway. I mean, if a song was sort of omnipresent in your life at a specific moment, in your 
personal biography, then when you listen to it again, it, it ties that thread and, and makes you sort of relive that. My whole goal with uh, Art of Darkness is to bring people to tears with our episodes. That's, <laughs> <laughs> every time you walk around that park, you're going to remember yeah. us. Uh, right. That's Michael. right. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, we're, we're coming up to, I guess, what we're going to call most of year one. That's what we're doing. Yeah. I, we still have a few more episodes. And I think, I think you know, Brad and I might do another little one of these at the end. Maybe not as, as extensive uh, as this, but we may do like a, you know, uh, okay, this was, this was uh, 2021 uh, in, in the rear view uh, on Art of Darkness. Not sure, but this is really fun. What do we have left, left this year? We're doing um, uh, Disney. We're doing tonight. Then we've got Frank Herbert. Then mm. I know I'm doing uh, Bill Hicks. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With a very special guest who yeah. is going to have a, an Amazon uh, a comedy special coming out, uh, coming out soon. Yeah. So, and I've uh, got one more, uh, Frank Herbert, and then uh, James Joyce with uh, Forest of Symbols. Right. Coming up. Friend yeah. of the show, Forest yeah. of Symbols, so. Joyce. It, that's that, mm, that episode, wonderful. you guys, I don't really have editorial control over what Brad does yeah uh, i've tried he won't listen <laughs> can't rein me in it can't rein him yeah. in uh yeah. and um see if brad would grow his hair out i could get my, I could get my <laughs> that's why my i do this man <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, my my sigil magic just bounces off his pate um but uh you know the on that episode, I just I hope that episode is as incoherent and garbled and difficult and challenging as Joyce's writing. Oh yeah, That's we're talking. We've, yeah, we've got talk. We're, he and I are talking. Yeah, and yeah. he's he is the master. Force of symbols is yeah. the master of the circular ambulatory uh, uh, project audio project. If you listen yes. to his, pro- he's he's. In my opinion, I admire what he does. So he's doing a multi-part uh, exploration on frog symbolism, right? Yeah, and, and it goes and, every. It goes yeah. everywhere. It's Perfect. brilliant. It's so he's going to be on, and I'm, and he and I are preparing a, a Joyce thing, and hopefully, I can just keep up with him. Fun. So we have a few more episodes to go, um, and, and then uh, we will do an after dark episode for the Patreon subscribers with Michael Backinson. He's going to give us some some dirt on uh, what it was like to work for the mouse and uh, for Miriam. <laughs> Max and all the rest. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think I'll Coming. talk about D'Onofrio too. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I really admire D'Onofrio. Uh, yeah. Let, okay. Good. So let's save that. Save the scissors. <laughs> you got to save. You got to subscribe to the Patreon. This isn't. Uh, uh, you know, just help us pay for like. You know how sometimes on the streaming services the movies don't have. Uh, they're not streaming. You have to pay. Yeah. I must have spent twenty bucks. <laughs> Right. <laughs> for some of these episodes, just drill it in and finding it. Just chuck a buck so, so that we can watch these movies so yeah. we can give you better content uh, yeah. for the show. Um, the next episode we did with a uh, fabulous uh, award-winning writer, uh, Aaron Gwynn, we did a true American legend. Uh, Brad did Faulkner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... That was the one I maybe did the most work on, honestly. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. He was, I mean, he's such a, yeah, he's such a figure. You know, he's, that was a guy who I've always thought of, I've always aspired to his output more than any other writer. Not even, not to copy him what he actually did, but just the, um, the breadth and power and innovation of it, you know. So I didn't know that, that he was so eccentric. 
Yeah, that, right. He's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, just, just an odd <laughs> in a way, pretending yeah. to be uh, an English gentleman. Uh, yeah, in the mil- in, yeah. in the Navy or yeah. the Air Force, the British Air Force. Right. Yeah, goes up there and puts on the accent, and then walks with a limp for years after. But it's all an act. Uh, and then, yeah. of course, I mean, of course, the drinking. I mean, come on, yeah. put put the bottle down. Um, yeah. That one I really enjoyed because I feel like we kind of have developed another format that's going to work for us. We're going to try it again with. Uh, with Blauergeist uh, tonight mm-hmm. on the Disney episode. Blauer is a Twitter personality who posts these. He has a podcast of, of his own. It's the Elroy Boys. Um, James Elroy. Yeah. And uh, but he runs it, a literary journal as well. Yeah. He's um, an yeah, yeah. all around kind of guy. It's yeah. a apocalypse. Uh, com- what's it called? Apocalypse Confidential. Confidential. <laughs> apocalypse yeah. Confidential. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, still doing my show prep. I gotta. I gotta re- remember how to introduce uh, Blauergeist. I love that that dude's Twitter account. He's so funny. Every time mm-hmm. he wakes up for a nap, he just tweets. Just woke up from a nap, and he tweets um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street, like yeah. looking at everybody, doing like, doing the bowing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> just woke up from a nap. I don't know why it tickles me every time. <laughs> I just think it's so funny um, he's, he's got he i'm looking forward to he has got the best um he's got the best gif game in Twitter. he finds the strangest photos yep. and things too he finds these weird interiors from like the 60s and the 70s that are so suggestive of like <laughs> ways of being that are so <laughs> alien to so he's going to be perfect for disney yes. and yeah. uh on the disney episode i've i've particularly tasked tasked him to cover the weird CIA occult MK Ultra yeah. crazy side of Disney. Yeah, you know, Disney it. working with um, CIA operatives for to find the land in Disney World and all the rest of it. Uh, oh yeah, Disney. Disney is essentially an arm of the government. I mean, it has been since the war. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for Sounds sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So, so, the, <laughs> so we did Faulkner, um, yeah. and then Brad, Brad went on a, a guest podcast. He was on the Scarlet Thread Society. Yeah, uh, that's right. What's the story there, Brad? Real quick. Um, that's a, that's a, a, uh, Scarlet Thread is an extension of the Timeline Earth podcast, which is a great podcast. They talk, I don't even really know how to summarize. They talk about everything. Scarlet Thread Society is the sort of occult, paranormal, supernatural arm of that. And uh, uh, Paz, the guy who runs Scarlet Thread Society, had been looking to do an episode on the tarot. And he and I had had some exchanges earlier on. I'd sent him a book and we'd been going back and forth for a while. So he just reached out to me and was like, do you want to come on and talk about tarot? He referred to me as a tarot expert, which made my head get a little bit bigger. But uh, this is cool. It was, it was fun. Yeah, no, no. Those are the magic spells I'm sending towards you. Right. Uh, right. Good. So I can't believe that you. Well, I actually do believe that you nailed Stanhope. That is so funny. <laughs> Perfect. Mwah. Chef, chef. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And obviously, I hope Doug lives, you know, of to course. a ripe old age. Uh, by the, you know, when by the time we're on episode nine hundred, you know, Doug can mm-hmm. Doug can mm-hmm. finally uh, do it. He, he's so funny. They have they come up with the most clever ways to kill yourself. <laughs> people people will send him story. You know, send him ideas. You know, we need a mm-hmm. you do this thing in a roller coaster where your head gets chopped off at the end of the roller coaster, but you you glue your hands to your head and then your your head ends up swinging. <laughs> in your hands they go up with all this this crazy stuff read it on his podcast which is so funny and doug is like this is so good i can't use this you have to keep this for yourself right Right. (laughs) (laughs) um 
So we got we have uh, two more uh, formal episodes to cover, and uh, this we're we're back uh, to Sarah Kane, uh, great English playwright whose work uh, you should be familiar with, uh, whether you're interested in theater or not. Frankly, uh, the sort of uh, theater of horror and body horror and kind of this like indictment of modern uh, squishy liberal placidness. This idea of uh, it just just bringing the most intense stuff that you can to the stage to sort of force people out of their stupor, um, and also a great individualist. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I got. I think I did get to that on the episode where she talked about how she just is who she is. I am mm-hmm. what I am. She she even claimed there's no such thing as a female writer as a woman writer. There's Later. just a, there are just writers. Yeah, and um, I admire that that look at things and um i actually wrote a little was prompted by a buddy of mine um uh, who will remain nameless who may who may have may or may not have a, a samus dot type uh outlet uh, <laughs> and he sort of asked me to write something and so i did i, I wrote a little bit about um sarah kane so i'm going to put that on uh probably my Substack, which i don't really do too much of but when i do I'm discovering that it's often related to art of darkness. Um, probably not least because we put in the time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sarah Kane was one of those where it's like, oh, fun, we're gonna do another suicide. She killed herself when she was 28. Mm. Wow. And you just try to handle it. And with her, it was fun because it was so much about the work. Um, yeah. And her work yeah. is sort of. Um, kind yeah, of, that yeah. one. That one. That Great. one actually. It, paradoxically or unexpectedly for i knew she i knew the least about her of anybody we've done so far starting out and uh i probably was the most emotionally affected by her life story i would say just i remember driving around the next morning being like 28 ah oh, like she's just getting started oh yeah it just it, broke my heart shortly thereafter i woke up at 4 48 a.m <gasps> <laughs> that's a, kind of a bit of a terror and i yeah. like looked at the clock and i was like well okay oh, wow. wow that is bizarre <laughs> wow the wow. subconscious is really powerful yeah it so is now i just had clocked that yeah Boom. <laughs> wow wow so yeah, yeah. michael i'm just it sounds like you listened to that episode and then mm. um we kind of talked about sarah kane i mean i don't know if we've got more to say about that or no, no, I think, no, I think, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to mention, because you, you mentioned this figure in Kafka, but Antonin Artaud, I think yeah. of with, with Sarah Kane. Absolutely. Theater of cruelty, like just mm-hmm. that, you know, she's just letting her, whatever, in part of her brain go and, and seeing these, this phantasmagoria of horror and not being afraid to just put it on there in paper and then put it up on the stage. Yeah. Without a doubt, and and our toe is going to be an episode we'll okay. probably end up doing next year. I'm yeah. uh, quite a big devotee of our toe, uh, yeah. and uh, love that quote from him: um, "Actors are athletes of the heart." I love that. Mm, yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll do our toe. The thing about Sarah Kane, when you say that, of course, is that she does that that thing you describe, but many many young writers do, mm. right? She and but she had a level of craft where she kind of split the sky with her ability. If you read the plays and you and it makes sense that in a funny way, like she was such a person of the theater, formally trained in it, 
but wanted to destroy it. <laughs> right. um, very 90s, very Gen X. Um, mm. You know, in hindsight, I think that there are few people more Gen X than than Sarah Kane. Yeah, I think that's I think that's apt. That's yeah, not a bad thing. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. Yeah. No, I I love Generation X, man. I'm I'm bare. I'm almost Generation X, and I want to be. Well, I want to be formally recognized as Generation X. I, I am Gen X, and okay. I'll grant you. Oh, oh that's awesome. Honorary Holy, Gen X. whoa. Awesome. <laughs> it's bouncing off his skull and coming over to me, so yes. I'm officially, I you're want to double, be a yeah, double yeah, millennial. Gen X. Oh, good. Oh, Gen X. How, do you, how do you dub somebody Gen X? You just kind of like snub them a little bit and like stick <laughs> Yeah, he um, blows smoke in their face. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, mean, whatever, I, I don't know, man. man. I, saw, yeah. I saw Nine Inch Nails on the Pretty Hate Machine tour, man. Yeah. Uh, you're, right. you're, yeah. All right. Yeah, Rick Rubin is cool, but have you ha- heard of some obscure German producer right. that nobody's ever heard of? <laughs> <laughs> no, that means a lot. That means a lot. And as, as uh, Oregon I Trail... I in Seattle in 94. Oh, oh yeah. So oh, wow. Not, that's... This really counts. You can't really have, you literally can't have more Gen X cred than that unless you're like actually Kurt Cobain. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I moved there the, yeah, the spring after he killed himself. I, I moved there for the summer and made money going door to door canvassing for a political action company. Wow. Was it a, was it, was it, it was rough. What actually, was the you know what I met? Like Jimi Hendrix's brother. Oh. Oh. In Seattle. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I was in this yeah. neighborhood and I went up to this woman's house and she was super cool. She was like a, a midnight DJ for one of the Seattle radio stations. She was like, oh yeah, man, you want, uh, sure, I'll sign your thing. I'll give you some few bucks. You know who my neighbor is? I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. She's like, look at, yeah, he signed your thing too. Do you know who that was? I was like, no. And she goes, Leon Hendricks, man. I was like, what? Oh, and then, you know, my mind goes back sure. and it was like this girl who looked like she hadn't slept in days who's maybe 15 came to the came to the door and answered it and she's like i'll go get my dad he came down and like signed the thing it was jimmy hendrix's brother that's pretty cool that's really cool oh fun story yeah the hendrix seattle connection yeah yeah for huh. sure cool well good that's awesome and as as oregon trail millennials early <laughs> millennials yeah. uh i'm i'm passing you a pixelated <laughs> shotgun to shoot squirrels with oh. Oh, I played that. I played oh, okay. That my, oh, right. uh, See, this is the generation that we represent. Yeah. So we're the yeah. Oregon Trail generation. Now. Right. That's right. where, you know, you know what would be I'm fun? I'm on the cusp because I'm on the cusp of millennial, but I'm in, yeah. in Gen X. Right yeah. on the edge. Okay. Good mm-hmm. to know. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this, this is really, really important, obviously. I, you know, I wonder, um, I wonder if we could, if there is a person associated with the Oregon Trail we could do. Could I would love to know. To well, you know, my family book. went on the Oregon Trail. Oh, like and literally I'm the a, action. I'm the, I'm the descendant of pioneers. You're the one who right? didn't get the yeah. dysentery. It, no. You know how they <laughs> must be so it. disappointed that you went back east. I often think about that. <laughs> and when I was living in Boston recently, I, and my daughter was like a year old, I, somebody sent me like the history of my family and there were baptismal records from a church that was like a half a mile from where I was living in Boston. Oh, wow. I was like, you, wow. I, I just came just all right. the way back. Right. This is That's another wild. thing that they, That's so I, wild. I, I talked about um, Fitzgerald on the Forest of Symbols podcast, uh, podcast and, uh, We'll do we'll do fits at some point too, oh, yeah. Brad. Um, oh yeah, that'll be very interesting, I'm sure. Uh, 
but that this is this that's what the great gatsby is about going mm-hmm. back east yeah and yeah. That, that typically that often gets lost mm-hmm. um that's so interesting michael uh, you're you're a great guest we love having you on i hope this was um enriching and fun and we're going to do another 30 minutes on the uh, After Dark episode. We had one more episode that we did uh, up until this point here in 2021. And who was that, Brad? That was Zora Neale Hurston. Right. How could I forget? I went no. deep into Zora Neale Hurston land. The voodoo doctor. That yeah. She's the first voodoo that we did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, as far as we know, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think there's anybody else. Yeah, voodoo, do- voodoo doctor and anthropologist extraordinaire and, and Harlem Renaissance uh, queen of the Harlem Renaissance. Socialite. She was an yeah. Aravist uh, socialite. She mm-hmm. took over Harlem and, and got everybody to kind of, yeah, give her what she yeah. wanted. Brilliant. Amazing life story. Amazing person. She was, you talk about the stubborn and the willpower and that sort of thing that we've come across in this. She was that as much as any of these people. Just a firebrand, knew exactly who she was, wasn't going to take no for an answer. And left the thing. great novel that that is uh, required mm-hmm. reading. Yeah. 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 Well, I have learned nothing from doing this for a year. <laughs> but unlike Seinfeld, the show is about something. That's true. And it is about the dark side of creativity. And it's Art of Darkness, artofdarkpod.com. Michael Backinson, where can people find you? I you can go to www.michaelbackinson.com or yeah. you can to just see the overview. I put stuff on Instagram, I put stuff on Twitter. Tell us, tell us the new na- the name of the new album. Yeah, please. Uh, it's called Circle Kiss. Circle um, Kiss. Circle Check Kiss. Uh, be- you can go to YouTube and find uh, the single Tamala off of that. So if you put in Michael Backinson and Tamala, T-A-M-A-L-A, there's a little video there. And you can stream it anywhere, Spotify. But I encourage you to buy the album. Of course, of course. <laughs> it was conceived yeah. of as an album. Um, it, I think it holds together. As yeah, we'll get, yeah, we'll get that information in the in the in the notes for this episode so it's right there. yeah i'll be right in the show yep. notes uh we just updated the website yep. please uh subscribe to the patreon uh patreon.com slash art of dark pod and of course michael very talented actor he will be in this reading coming up of my play moderationplay.com coming out in december that's a play about social media content moderators losing their minds at work <laughs> uh it's a dark 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 comedy yeah. Is there anything else? Anything else we're dying can, to say before can, we we be? Can I insert yeah. one one thing there? Yeah. If you go to the website michaelbaggins.com, yeah. I I put in a little button where you can get the physical copy of the CD, which oh. was designed by a great graphic designer named Nina Zivkovich. I'm very proud of the way this CD looks. It's a six panel CD with all the lyrics and stuff. It's oh, beautiful. Cool. Awesome. Very cool. So you can actually buy it, and I'll ship it to you with a personal note. Hey. <laughs> wow. All right, we'll put the uh, the link to his website in the show notes. And we're gonna we're gonna take a quick five. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about awesome. even more dark, real world stuff from uh, Michael's uh, torturous time working working for the <laughs> the mouse uh, and the little St. James players. Oh God! I'm Kevin Kautzman, <laughs> and I'm Brad Kelly. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> later. Thanks, Michael.